Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. There are a lot of misconceptions when it comes to sub-zero hunting, and today we're going to expose five things that just aren't true. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and bringing new insights to all hunters. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we are talking about five lies of sub-zero hunting. Now, when I say sub-zero hunting, let me qualify that. I am talking about sub-zero degrees Fahrenheit hunting, all right, not sub-zero degrees Celsius. That would be 32 degrees Fahrenheit. That's not exceptionally cold. Doesn't require um, the in-depth look that we're we're doing today. Negative degrees Fahrenheit. That is significantly colder, and that's what we're talking today. Well, well below freezing, and of course, when you have sub-zero temperatures, your wind chill tends to be much, much colder still. And so when you take all these factors into account, you've got some serious cold, at least by the standard of most hunters. All right, and we'll talk more about that as we go. But I've got five lies of sub-zero hunting that we're going to talk about and jump into today. So number one lie about sub-zero hunting is that it's not safe people spread this all the time. It's just not safe to be out when it's that cold. It's not safe to go outside when it's below zero. It's just not safe to do. And, you know, I can understand the caution, okay? Because the the complexity, the danger level, all of those things do increase. There is a legitimate call for caution here. However, it is certainly not something that you could label as an unsafe activity. All right, if you look at negative one degrees Fahrenheit, there are plenty of people in plenty of places in the world that live at temperatures for long periods of time that are colder than that. There are numerous different countries where in the wintertime, it's, it's a great day if it goes above zero degrees Fahrenheit. All right, and lots of people, they work outside. They spend significant amounts of time trapping, hunting at negative 20, negative 30, negative 40 degrees, sometimes colder than that. And of course, 
Anytime I say degrees, I'm using the Fahrenheit scale. Very cold temperatures. All right, people get by just fine in many places of the world, day in and day out, all day every day in these kind of temperatures, and oftentimes temperatures worse than most hunters would ever encounter. All right, so to say that it's not safe, I don't, I don't buy that. That's just uh, that, that. There's just no way you can you can make that kind of a statement. It might be unsafe for small children that don't have good gear. Yeah, but however, you know, you've maybe even seen the videos, right? Eskimos have children too, and they live outside. And, uh, you know, all these people in all these cold countries, they've got kids too. They still somehow find a way to endure. So it, it can absolutely be safe. However, there is certainly room and a reason for caution. And that leads very nicely to the number two lie. Is if you're gonna hunt in sub-zero conditions, you have got to have Sitka gear. Because nothing else is up to the task. And that just is not true. Now, to be fair, you will be more comfortable if you're using Sitka gear. You will absolutely can be more comfortable and it can be simpler and it can be easier. However, there are many other options. Lots of the people that live in extreme northern locations, they don't have any Sitka gear and they somehow find a way. And you also have to keep in mind, not all Sitka gear is cold weather gear. It's made for all varieties of types of hunts, conditions, situations, circumstances, parts of the world, on and on and on. So to say you've got to have this super expensive incinerator bibs to be able to hunt in these kind of temperatures is just not accurate or realistic, honestly. That said, I'm sure they'll work great if you do have them. But there are other ways, all right? The basic doctrine of cold weather hunting is you got to have layers and barriers, okay? Layers and barriers. Layers trap heat in, barriers keep cold and wind and weather and elements out, You've got to have layers and barriers. If you have a good, thick, warm, wicking base layer that does not lose its insulative capabilities when it gets wet or when you sweat, and you, you, you pair that with a good couple of mid-layers that are insulating, <clears throat> that are warm, that will enable you to, to wick out some moisture, and then maybe you pair that with uh, some down, a puffy jacket, puffy vest, or synthetic down, which oddly enough often costs more than the real down. Um, and then you have a nice barrier layer outside of that that's going to stop every ounce of wind and snow. Of course, there's no rain at these temperatures. It doesn't have to be Gore-Tex. It doesn't have to be 100% waterproof. You don't need to be able to dive underwater in it. It just needs to be able to keep wind and flurries off of you. Then you are going to be able to hunt in all kinds of conditions. Now, 
for generations, people have used some natural layers. They have used animal hides and skins. They've used sealed skin coats and things like that. It doesn't have to be this highly commercialized stuff. Although, to be fair, I don't think you could get a seal skin coat significantly cheaper than you could get just a decent commercially produced external layer. In fact, I'm almost certain that that external layer would be cheaper to buy from a store than from somebody who is making seal skin layers from hand. <clears throat> but the bottom line is you can get out there and you can stay warm and you can manage it without super high-end boutique layers and hunting systems, though those layers and systems would certainly help and be an asset to have. However, for the cost, it's just unrealistic for most people. Now, the other side of this is that um, you're not always talking about an all-day hunt. Right? You don't have to have a, a suit of gear that's going to keep you warm for a 12-hour sit. Because this time of year, most of the places you go, the days aren't that long. Right, You're in the dead of winter. It's the coldest of the cold. You've got short days, so you have shorter hunts. And even then, people are often only hunting part of the short days. So if you're going to go out and, and sit in a tree stand or go out and hunt for you know, two or three hours before dark... You just need gear that'll keep you up for two or three hours in those conditions. Or if you're going to go out waterfowl hunting in the morning, you're probably just going to be out for a few hours. You only need gear to keep you up for a few hours. And yeah, you can do some field hunting and things that don't involve water uh, because there won't be much liquid water at these kinds of temperatures. I have done some hunting with liquid water in these kinds of temperatures and uh the water's got to be moving so fast for it to stay open, or it's the ocean. And uh, and even then still, it gets cold enough, that freezes too. But the water's got to be moving so fast that sometimes it might even be unsafe if it is open. So you got to juggle that. I've broken ice to make water, but when it's this cold, it refreezes before the ducks can find it. At least that's been my experience, especially if there's any wind to speak of. So for waterfowl hunting, you're mostly talking about field hunts, which is exactly what I would want to do if I was going out in these kinds of conditions, because water just gets hard to find and to keep open and to be safe around when it gets this cold. But the bottom line is you're not hunting all day, right? You need to be able to stay warm for a few hours. And there are tricks, right? There are things that you can do to help with that. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. 
They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Electric heated hunting gear. Nice little bonus. It's not super cheap, but it's still cheaper than getting some Sitka gear. You could buy a nice heated vest for 100 bucks, 150 bucks versus uh, you know, whatever the equivalent would be from a high-end bougie brand. So you're able to do things and there's some even cheaper workarounds like hot hands, little hand warmers, the big hand warmers, foot warmers, toe warmers, all those different kind of warmers. You can put them in your pockets and your boots and your gloves and your hat, wherever you need to, to create some additional warmth. And there are other ways that you can, you can get uh, ingenuitive as well. You can get a heater, maybe a propane heater. Some people will literally just put it underneath their seat in their tree stand or in their hunting blind to just pull push out some BTUs even if that heat only goes a few feet you're literally right there and if you're talking about a waterfowl blind or a box blind for deer hunting or even just a a pop-up blind that can be a nice asset that can you know that can take you from super cold to you know relatively comfortable if you've got some enclosure there and so you're totally changing the name of the game with that. And it didn't cost as much as an $800 pair of bibs. They're much more reasonable. So you're able to, to cheat in some ways. You're able to change the game in some ways. You're able to use some other tools and techniques in order to, to stretch your time, to stretch your warmth. But you also don't have to be out there all day. You just need gear that'll keep you warm for the amount of time that you're there. So people like to harp on, well, you know, it's got to be merino wool base layers or whatever in order to keep you dry. Well, you might not be out there long enough, moving long enough to really get moist enough for that to make a big difference. Of course, it all depends on how you're hunting, but very few people are hunting elk in these kinds of weather conditions where they're climbing hills and mountains It's much more often more stationary type hunting. And if you're ambush hunting, whatever kind of game you're going after, you know, you can get away with less than what everybody on TV says you need. You still are going to need layers and good layers, but it's all about what the layers are made out of, not who made the layers. So, sure, Sitka gear might help, but you can certainly get by with much more reasonably tight priced stuff if you know what to look for and if you can find the right stuff. And again, look for workarounds. Look for ways to cheat. You're like, well, I don't have money to buy an electric heated hunting vest. What about a water bottle? Do you have a water bottle? Fill a water bottle, a plastic water bottle up with boiling water. Stuff one of those on each side of your coat in an inner pocket. That'll just put out heat for hours. You're going to go out for an evening hunt? Great. That'll keep you toasty for a couple hours. 
just generating heat inside of your jacket or whatever, and that's relatively cheap. Will it last all day? No, but we're not talking about all day hunts most of the time. So look for workarounds, use some ingenuity. Number three lie, the animals don't move when it's that cold out. And that is just absolutely bogus. Now, if it's a blizzard and it's negative 20 degrees and it's snowing like crazy and feet of snow are falling, yeah, probably nothing's going to move. But in any normal conditions, when you might go out hunting, if even if it's cold, animals are going to move. Deer have to move. If they don't move, they don't eat. If they don't eat, they don't keep living. They got to move. Waterfowl are going to move. Ducks and geese are going to move. They got to find food. They got to eat something. If there's no food, they're not going to be there. They're going to fly south. You might say, Georgia, there, can you really hunt geese and waterfowl when it's below zero outside? Absolutely. In lots of states, uh, the, the birds never all leave. They can certainly winter in areas where it's that cold or there's, there's bursts of cold that are that cold. And uh, now, if everything stays that cold, most of them are going are gonna to leave. They're going to go south unless they've got open water. If there's open water somewhere, if there's a river, if there's a fast-moving creek or something that stays open, generally speaking, you can keep birds there. You can hunt in these kinds of conditions. I have done it, all right? And uh, it's absolutely feasible. Now, in places like Alaska, when it gets this cold and stays that cold, no, most birds are gone. But in plenty of states in the continental U.S., there are... Get days and times when it gets this cold, but the birds don't all leave, or they're migrating over you while it's this cold, and you can have opportunities. But the animals absolutely move. They've got to eat. Unless they're hibernating, they will be moving. Unless there's crazy wind and snow, they're going to be moving. In fact, once it gets below a certain point, they move to stay warm. They will move just to generate body heat and find food and refuel. They may move more <clears throat> when it gets into certain temperatures and situations because they got to eat more and because they're trying to stay warm. So if you're trying to hunt deer, you can absolutely hunt deer very successfully in sub-zero temperatures. Now, they may go different places. They may be looking for thermal cover. They may be trying to find things in, that are going to insulate them. They're going to block the wind, stands of pine and things like that. They're going to give them some relief from the bitter winds when it gets that cold. So animal movement patterns, and of course not just deer, but deer is probably the number one thing people listening to this are going to be hunting. Animal movement patterns may change when it gets this cold. And again, some of this depends on where do you live. Okay, where I live in Pennsylvania, there's not many days of the year that are this cold during the hunting season. But we do have them. If you're in northern Maine, this is a much more normal thing. If you're in the UP of Michigan, much more normal. You might have weeks at a time where it's, it gets this kind of cold and stays this kind of cold. All right. Um, depending on how cold the winter is and all that. And, and wherever you are, you know, it's going to be, it's going to vary between whether it's normal or rare. And if you live in a place where it's rare, it will impact deer movement more.
If you live in a place where it's common, it's going to have less of a dramatic impact because the animals have acclimated to it. So if it's normally 25, 30 degrees Fahrenheit outside for weeks at a time, and then boom, temperature plunges to negative five, well, that is going to impact what the deer do, where they are, what they're doing, how they're moving. You know, They're going to maybe scrambling for thermal cover, trying to find places where they can get any relief versus if it's been negative two every day for the last two weeks, well, that you're, it's not going to have that same impact, right? It's going to be much more normal. The movements and the patterns will have shifted and adjusted, and that will be normal for the animals, but they're going to keep moving. You can absolutely hunt and be successful when it's this cold. Number four lie about sub-zero hunting is that guns won't shoot when it gets this cold. Guns won't shoot. And guys, that's just so bogus. Guns will absolutely shoot. Gunpowder will absolutely ignite. However, there are complications that can arise when it gets this cold. You know, velocity tends to be reduced some. You lose a few feet per second in whatever you're shooting due to the cold temperatures. Mechanical parts in the gun can um, get some moisture in them that then causes them to lock up. You know, an old hunter's trick is to take the bolt out of your rifle, set it on top of the wood stove for a while, let it get nice and hot, and burn out any and all moisture, then put it in the rifle and head out. Now, you might want to let it cool down a little bit, but the idea is get the moisture out so it can't freeze up later. Just the you know, regular humidity or solvent or CLP could even freeze up or gunk up and cause problems. But the machinery itself, the guns will still absolutely work. You, they will go bang. Primers will still go off in sub-zero temperatures. They will absolutely function. But it may require a little bit of extra maintenance, a little bit of extra care. Got to keep them dry. Got to get the moisture out. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And once you're in the field, all right, don't wait until there's an animal there to see if the moving parts and the gun work. All right, you know, make sure that that bolt moves. Um, make sure that any moving parts move. Make sure that anything that needs to be moving moves and works before the moment of truth 
so you don't find out at a terrible time that, oh, hey, uh, my gun's not working. Now, it's hard to test firing pins in the field without unloading the gun and dry firing it or using a snap cap, but uh, you can absolutely do that when you get to your stand, when you get to your spot and the gun's as cold as it's going to get. You can dry fire it before you load it up. You can put some snap caps in it. You could make sure whatever whatever you need to do to be comfortable in shooting it, that uh, all the moving parts are working, that nothing is stuck or gunked up or whatever, then load it up and be ready to go. So you can absolutely use firearms below freezing. Militaries have been doing it forever. Hunters and trappers in the northern regions have been doing it forever. It is an absolute thing. Um, but you just need to give it a little bit more care to make sure that it's going to work. And all of that leads me to thanking the sponsor of this episode, me. That's right. I'm the sponsor. Nobody's paying or giving or, or supporting anything to make this particular episode. But I would ask you guys to, con to consider supporting the channel on Patreon. Every dollar that comes in on Patreon... I redirect 100% of and use for materials, resources, test supplies, equipment, everything that's needed to do all the tests, all the experiments, all the things that we do in the YouTube videos, and to create data that we talk about in the podcasts, as well as the equipment and technology needed to produce both. So I would encourage you guys, look us up on Patreon, New Hunter's Guide, or you can head to the website. And you can find a link to Patreon uh, all over the place. It's, it's on pretty much every page. But consider becoming a research partner on Patreon. That's what our community is called. You're a research partner. You are partnering with me to do research, to create and discover and, and catalog and uh, pull insights out of research and new information to be able to share with people to give them the tools and the equipment and the knowledge base that they need to go out and make informed decisions about their hunting and their equipment. So please consider supporting the channel on Patreon. Uh, it would mean a lot. Every dollar helps and helps make the tests better, more effective, and more insightful. Number five lie about sub-zero hunting, and that is that you can't use a bow when you're hunting when it's that cold. Now, I've heard this lie go a couple different ways. Some have said that the bow won't physically function properly when it gets that cold. Others have said you're not able to physically manipulate and operate the bow yourself. It becomes a human limitation when it gets this cold. They'll say either you'll stiffen up to the point where you can't draw the bow or your fingers get too cold and numb to be able to be effective using the bow. Uh, every single one of these is incorrect. All of them are false. You can hunt with a bow below zero degrees, no problem at all. Now, let's just debunk each one of these different areas. First of all, the physical equipment in and of itself. The bow will still function when it gets cold, but you will need to be mindful of moisture buildup, snow, and, and things getting into the mechanism or, or freezing on the strings or whatever the case may be. You have to keep an eye on that. In fact, you probably want to, to just draw and test your bow every hour or so while you're out hunting to make sure 
that nothing's frozen up to make sure nothing's getting stuck to the strings. Or if you do see any kind of buildup happening, it'll it'll you know shake it loose or, or clean it off, whatever the case may be. You do want to keep an eye on that mechanism to make sure that it's still functioning properly. But the the actual mechanics of the bow will still work. Now, if you're using like a wooden longbow or recurve bow, that will and should indeed still work, but you 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 have a much higher percent chance of experiencing failures in the materials when it gets that cold. But that said, people have been hunting with those kind of bows in these kind of conditions for centuries. And so they work then, they work now, they failed some then, they may fail some now. Your synthetic bows should be more resistant to any kind of failures, but by and large, the materials, the systems, the structures, they're effective, they will work, and you should be able to hunt just fine with a bow. Now you talk about the physical freezing up your body to the point where you're not able to draw the bow. That is a realistic concern. If you get cold enough, you can't do anything. Um, but if you follow all the previous advice and guidelines and, and you're able to keep yourself warm enough for the hours that you're going to be out there, you can certainly draw a bow. Um, now, the one concern that, that is connected to that is that if you have enough bulk on, it's going to be really hard to draw it back just due to the bulk and not getting the, the air or the string caught up on your jacket or your sleeve or whatever. So that's a legitimate concern there. It's not really because of the cold. It's because of what you're wearing. And if you have stuff like Sitka gear, well, it's made for and designed for those kind of situations. And so um, it is very archery friendly. But Here's the other side. You could just use a crossbow. Uh, I mean, I know some people like that's jarring to them. The idea of using a crossbow. It's very common. They've had crossbows pretty much just as long as they've had longbows. All right. Dates back a long, long time. All right. You could hunt with a crossbow. It makes it a lot easier. You've got a lot less things to concern yourself with in terms of bulk. You could go get a cheap crossbow for 300 bucks, save yourself uh, thousands of dollars on Sitka gear, and uh, not have to worry about getting cold, freezing up, and not being able to draw back the string, or having the string get stuck on your shirt or your jacket or your sleeve or whatever. So that's actually my recommendation, is get a crossbow and bypass all of that, save a lot of money on clothing and layers, and just use that. The other thing is you're not being able to operate the release with your fingers. Well, if you can pull a trigger on a gun or a crossbow, you should be able to operate the release on a bow. However, a lot of people will wear thick gloves to pull a trigger and they want bare fingers or just the lightest glove in order to operate a release, which is fair. Uh, but who just sits there when it's cold with bare hands exposed? You're going to Put your hands in pockets. I've become a big fan more recently of hand warmer muffs. You know, just wear them like a belt outside of your gear or clip them on 
and then you can just put your hands inside of the muff, throw some of those hand warmer packs inside of the muff, and you can just sit there with your hands nice and toasty with a thin, thin glove or fingerless glove on your shooting hand, and then just pull them out whenever you need them in order to pull that trigger, operate that release, or do whatever you need to do. So uh, I, I like to use some thin liner gloves inside of a hand warmer muff and then just pop my hands out whenever I need them. Trying to operate big, super thick, heavy gloves is really hard for me. Uh, but even then, my hands still get cold eventually, even using big, super thick gloves in these kind of conditions. So I find a hand warmer muff with, with thin gloves works better for me. And you keep your hands warm, you can operate a bow in any kind of conditions. Now, you probably can't pull your hands out and draw the bow and, and hold it there for an hour and a half. Uh, but you couldn't have done that if it was warm anyway. So realistically speaking, that's a good option. Uh, but you can certainly keep your fingers warm enough to be able to do any and everything that you need them to do in order to hunt with a bow. Now, the next thing you need to do is head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Send me a message. Send me some feedback. I would love to hear from you guys. I respond to every message and email that comes in. Of course, check us out on Patreon. You know, we'd love to have you come on board as a research partner for $3 a month and, and just be involved and be engaged and help support the channel to do all the great stuff that I do. Uh, means a lot. And would love it if you head to iTunes, leave a five-star review with comments, the number one way to help grow the show and reach more people. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Till next time, God bless you. And go get him in the woods. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.